Diversity is no longer about connecting people, but about connecting those who are in the office to those who are not in the office. Connecting groups to groups, not just individuals to individuals. I'm Rebecca Kent, host of JLL's Perspectives podcast. And those were not my words, but those of John Corbett, workplace and real estate strategist at the networking and technology organisation Cisco. Many office workers will associate Cisco with the video conferencing software WebEx, which allowed many of us to connect with our colleagues during COVID lockdowns. And so in this episode, I speak to John, along with Sonia Alexander, a workplace strategist at JLL, about how this kind of technology is being used to connect us all as we settle into hybrid working. John, 2020 was enlightening for many of us in terms of the capacity of technology to keep us all so connected while we were anchored in our homes during lockdowns. What learnings are you, Cisco, and all of us, I guess, taking back to our offices now, or at least our hybrid workplaces? Working from home to a large degree, we learn that, um, you know, uh, the way we've worked in a software-only environment has been very easy uh, to just adjust our uh, requirements to software on demand. We can just get things done and we can communicate very easily. And suddenly the office is, is looking quite difficult and quite hard. Um, and I'll give you one example, and Sonia's heard me talk about this on a number of occasions before, but it's, I think it's a good example, which is if I want to hold a meeting with 10 people while I'm working from home, all I need to do is set up a meeting and send out a meeting URL like anybody can, I suppose. Um, and then I would say now, imagine having a meeting with 10 people at the office. Uh, suddenly the office becomes a very complicated place. So in our world, uh, you know, as we start to think about um, our ways of working, we put a lot of thought as you know, with respect to how do we get the workplace to become a contributor to our workflow rather than a somewhat impediment to our workflow. A lot of companies, a lot of folks in the industry are starting to learn the, um, the you know, what technology is all about and, and asking bigger questions of how that technology can start to play a role. And, um, you know, I think they're starting to realize as we return to the office, how do we create stickiness between how we work at home and how we accelerate that within the work environment rather than slowing it down within the workplace. Mm -hmm. Some of these software uh, only type solutions that are available are, are almost competing with the workplace. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is it's becoming easier to work somewhere else. And our focus is right. Well, we want to give you that experience regardless. We don't want to slow that down. We want to make sure it's there. But we need to right size and bring the workplace up to speed with how you've now learned to work. How do we repurpose these new learnings that people have enjoyed whilst, whilst working in the pandemic, right? How do we reintroduce those within the workplace and take advantage of that using existing things? Like, that's the thing. We're not talking about Jetsons technology. We all use telephones laptops, some form of video telepresence, and Wi-Fi. And once you mm. connect all of those things together, it becomes a very powerful environment that we're learning more and more about every day as it mm. continues to scale. So as you were doing this in Cisco's workplaces, presumably you had to also give some thought to where the office uh, is positioned within the scheme of a quote-unquote workplace. Um, Pre-COVID, it was unmistakably bang in the centre. Where is it now? 
That's a great question. I think, you know, where we have a bad habit is us humans, we, we tend to over-exaggerate things. You know, we, we move into an either-or type scenario, and that was relevant during the pandemic. We very focused on what I would like to describe as the and, which is to position the office ahead of both working from home and the customary way we worked prior to the pandemic to, to make the, the workplace more meaningful. I'll give an example. If you're working on your laptop computer and you've got several, you know, software applications open, programs, you can jump in and out of those programs as you need to, to respond to your workflow. It, it, it's not the destination. It's not the Oracle, the SAP, the, the Microsoft Excel, or the Word. It's not that. It's how easy it was to transition from one program to the other. That's the, that's the user experience. That's where the gold is. So if you start to think about that and you start to think about you know the office, how you transition is almost impossible. Everything is what I call silo solutions. You would meet in a meeting room and suddenly a meeting room is a very complicated place, you know. You've got to book it, find it, set yourself up, plug things in, etc. and so forth. And um, and I would say to somebody, when you start a meeting at home using your laptop, how do you do it? Or well, I just push the little green button on, you know, Microsoft Teams or Zoom or, or Cisco WebEx, whatever you wish to use, and, and the meeting starts. And then I would say, well, when you have a meeting at the office, how do you do that? And they would take you through those motions. And then you realize, wow, there's a lot of work involved in meeting in the office. You know, what we do here is, the, you know, I would just walk into a meeting room, push the start button as you would do on your laptop to start your call. And, and, the, and the room knows me because the endpoints are smart and it's integrated with technology. And as a consequence of that, I don't have to do much. It just works. And what we're starting to find is that we're starting to see behavioral behaviors change. Uh, people start to use things when they want to rather than having to book resources to use. So the way I like to explain it is we're synchronizing workflow with workspace. You think about how you meet somebody, uh, you know, dynamically, you could just call them up on a phone if you wish to or just meet with them on your laptop. When you're in the office, people don't conduct a call at at their desk, they might if there's no alternative, but ideally it's not great. They prefer to, to use a room. So what does that mean? Well, you've got to book the room and jump all the, through all those motions. Now, the byproduct of that is that people then now start to schedule conversations, <laughs> which isn't real, right? It's not how we do as humans. We just connect with people. When you have a meeting these days at your office, uh, the office no longer has the guard, the guardrails that are nine to five, Monday to Friday. People will be coming in and out of the office at different times, like and there'll be a lot of ships in the night passing one another. Uh, your environment will, will be you know, connecting to the people that are outside the environment, not within the environment. And that's why I use words like, it's not about connecting, you know, it's not about connecting people at the office, it's about getting the people at the office to connect to the people outside the office, right? So that the people external to the office are not passengers to collaboration, they're active participants to collaboration. That is hybrid working. Actually, your point about scheduling time, having to book a room to make a call resonates with me. I've certainly done that more than once. You know, none of this is fully synchronized. It's either and or. So you've got lots of different things doing all the things that you wanted to do, but they're not connected together within one ecosystem. And in my world, for example, um, you, you know, I might be sitting at the desk. I might start my meeting at the desk or start a call at the desk and I can wander off and find a room while I'm in flight and then move my call from my device my laptop onto the video conferencing screen without touching anything. It just happens seamlessly. So what happens there is we start to get, you know, what I call workplace elasticity.
which means that you could sort of stretch across the workplace and consume things when you need things on demand. And then what we start to see is you get a better synchronizing of workflow to workspace and the way we consume the workplace suddenly starts to change. And if we think about technology, a lot of people are headed towards booking things, booking tables, booking rooms, and that's not natural. Why can't we just use things? Good question. And Sonia, you're supporting many businesses with readjusting their workplace strategies. How is that unfolding at this particular juncture and, and where does technology fit there? We always talk about technologies as um, enabler and absolutely it is. Um, I also really love, absolutely love this um, from John is that companies need to understand uh, and earn the right to optimize their space. So something that's come out out of 2020 is that uh, okay, our office is sitting sitting uh, dormant. There is nobody using it. Um, what do we do? How do we optimize the space? Well, that's kind of almost, yeah, you're starting to talk about the byproduct rather than going through the cons consultative approach that you need to go through, understand your um, where your business is going, but also understand where your employees' heads are at. So how ready are they to upskill to get across these technologies that you're looking to implement as they work from home or in fact work from anywhere? So back to that conversation around uh, hybrid and, and workforce that can work anywhere um, at any time, um, you almost have to put in a little bit of work um, to, to consult within the business and understand exactly um, where the where those two connect, the, the top-down and the bottom-up approach, um, where we're, we're looking at yeah. the customer, we're looking at the business, and we're looking at the employer as well. So are most businesses working towards a similar goal? Most of the businesses we have spoken to in the last 12 months or so have already started some sort of technological transformation, um, but perhaps we're not quite there and we're uh, met with a little bit of a surprise. Um, obviously, no one expected what happened in, in February and March last year. So they needed to very quickly get on board uh, and understand what the new purpose for the office um, will be going forward. And a lot of times it's conversations like um, collaboration, innovation, how do we come together as you know social creatures? What does culture mean now that we're online all the time? Um, and in fact, you know, how much of that flexibility are we going to take for going forward? So every company is different. I mean, if we're looking at working with government, for example, that will be a very different proposition. Um, where they were um, prior to the pandemic was in a very different space in terms of uh, flexibility of um, workflow, flexibility in tools, flexibility in, you know, how they use the office. Um, so the office footprint probably provide mostly desks rather than collaboration spaces and things like that. So they have probably a little bit um, more work to do um, during during this year and, and maybe next year also. Whereas um, companies that have already tested some of these technologies in, and their workforce is very much upskilled uh, to use them and, and implement them in their daily life, um, they're looking to really test these environments by, you know, test and learns, creating pilots in, you know, co-working spaces, things like that. So really kind of uh, testing that element of working anywhere. Um, as John previously said, you know, sometimes all you need is your phone. 
And Sonia, some of your clients are moving completely out of fixed uh, traditional offices and into dedicated, flexible office space. Um, what's the thought process that leads to that decision? Yeah, it, it's definitely been an interesting um approach uh, for some of the more visionary um, clients that we've worked with before. Um, definitely the strategies that we have looked at um, is very much either either or, so it's a conservative approach or a visionary one. Um, but what's been really surprising is, is the ones that are moving forward to attracting sort of the next generation of workers or maybe including the next generation of workers into the, into the workforce um, in their company, they're looking to, to push the boundaries a little bit more and actually pushing us uh, to, to, um, to include some of the more out of the box thinking such as, you know, let's take an interim strategy and actually for two years, take up an, uh, a temporary space and let's see how much we can push ourselves, how much we can push our technology, what kind of workplace experience can we create? Um, the other piece to that is actually programming. So the programming of events as to why you might come into the office has also been a really interesting conversation um, and definitely pushes us as strategists to, to think beyond just the, okay, we've got your space sorted, you know, we, we've got your tools sorted and now we're having to think of, activities and, and the playbooks that have to come with that um, to to understand how behaviors are changing in a space like that where you're no longer coming in and just putting yourself at a desk um, and sitting there for for six to eight hours so it sounds like generation z is a big driver of some of these approaches yeah absolutely i mean if you're if you're um, in a if you're in an industry that is looking to uh, attract top talent, um, that top 1%, that top 2%, you know, you're having to really look at your office as a communication tool. So it's not just, um, it's not just a matter of providing a desk for somebody to sit in and come in and do work that, you know, generations that want to um, impact uh, on the role quickly. Um, they want to learn. They want to teach others. They want to uh, get involved into in as many things as possible uh, straight away. So to have that engagement and creating that community, instant community within a company is really, really important. Um, and I think that's what Flex Environments have been doing so well um, for so long, but I think even for them, um, it's an interesting time um, because even their model, I think, is evolving too. There are a lot of large corporates that are giving a name to their new workplace strategy. So, for example, Salesforce has named its strategy Success From Anywhere. Um, and actually, there was an article in the press about this strategy being based on some findings among the Salesforce um, workforce. So, 60% uh, of its employees agree they're more productive at home. 20% are more likely to take well-being breaks at home. They prefer to start the week at home rather than, than in their office. And they use collaboration spaces in the office more than they do desks. Um, does this strategy and these findings sound fairly typical, Sonia? The word anywhere is definitely the most used uh, word at the moment when it comes to working. And that sense of flexibility um, and also being um, having that autonomy um, to be able to connect as you need to is fantastic. 
but even the strategies that have not got any names, there is definitely some clear um, narratives that have been um, that have been uh, shared in the in the industry during this time. Um, some are probably a little bit alarming um, from the point of view that. The, the next normal is in fact going to some sort of normal. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think we have, everybody has an opportunity to now move forward. And what are your thoughts, John? Oh, I think uh, Sonia hit, hit it on the head perfectly there. The anywhere element is very much there. And I think to me that represents choice. And I think this new choice is something that we didn't have before. We boxed things, we boxed time and we boxed people and we boxed places together. And that's where we said things are going to be conducted in one big vertical. And now we've realized that it's far more horizontal. It can be done everywhere, which ultimately means our workplace needs to work a little bit harder to attract the user. And um, back to what Sonia said, if you then decide that you want to do something with your real estate, you want to right size that supply and demand balance, well, then you will have repurposed them such that, you know, you can afford to scrape redundant real estate or workplace out of the portfolio and either repurpose it or return it, whatever you decide to do. But as we discussed, you need to earn the right to do that. You can't remove it and then just expect the residual to work. So it's an interesting one, Beck, but I think at the end of the day, the anywhere, the choice, these are the kinds of words in, in response to your question. These are the words we're hearing a lot, right? People don't like to be bound by time. We like that choice, that stickiness. Our lives are full of it, picking kids up, dropping kids off, running around. We like to move things around. We like to move our food on the plate uh, as we desire. So, John, what's Cisco's future focus as businesses who would be your customers settle into new ways of working? Remember those old days where you had you know, a bunch of programs on your computer and you would move from one program to the other and you have to put in your password and you would have to tell it who you are, et cetera, and so forth, how clunky and how challenging that was. You know, that's really where, where, where the build environment sits today. Right? It doesn't know you. You have to reach out to it and connect with it. You know, and what we're really focusing on getting the, the workplace to know who you are so it connects with you. You don't have to connect with it. Your employees do enough work as it is. You don't want to make them work hard within your workplace. We spend a lot of money on real estate, right? We want to get more out of these things. It's uh, The real estate's going to continue to be a, a part in, in everyone's uh, workflow landscape. There's very few companies and there are minorities that are switching to working from home only. It's an exception. That's not a rule. So we're going to have this real estate and how do we uh, how do we make that smooth out? So to answer your question back, that's what we're really focused on. Oh, it's a really interesting space to watch. Thank you, John Corbett from Cisco and Sonia Alexander from JLL. Thanks, Beck. It's been a fabulous afternoon. Yeah, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Always enjoy the chat. Thank you for listening to this episode of JLL's Perspectives podcast. John is actually going to be talking on a panel at the Workplace Strategy Summit in Sydney on the 4th of May, uh, moderated by JLL's head of Flexspace in Australia and New Zealand and former Perspectives podcast guest Tashi Dorji. Uh, HSBC, AXA Investment Managers and Amgen will also be represented on that panel. So do look it up. Uh, if this episode was enlightening and enjoyable for you and you'd like to hear more conversations around real estate trends, tap the follow or subscribe button on your favorite listening app or check out jll.com.au forward slash perspectives dash podcast to keep up to date. Thanks for listening. I'm Rebecca Kent. Thank you.